I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the Internet of Things. We're chatting about what IoT is, how business can use it, and the hurdles you might face when wanting to deploy the technology. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how the Internet of Things can help improve your business. I'm joined by Theo Bench and Gerard Fulhoun from Mintico Group. Guys, welcome. Welcome. Thanks, man. Thank you for the opportunity. We look forward to the conversation. So uh, we always start the show with just with a little bit of uh, background. Uh, we pride ourselves in the in the fact that we have uh, industry thought leaders. So uh, did, uh, I'm sure you didn't uh, start yesterday. So let's just tell us uh, everybody about how you, you got to where you are at the moment. Yaku, thank you. Yes, uh, I started my career in big tech. Uh, actually worked right across the road for a tech company. And after that, decided to go into the cloud business when cloud was still being defined. Uh, I was privileged enough to run a big telco's cloud service provider. And uh, and in 2016, decided that between telco and IT, there's a fantastic opportunity to bring it together and to offer what you what you refer to as IoT. So we started in Sika in 2016, uh, and we wanted to have an entrepreneurial front end to the organization with a with a solid corporatized back end. Uh, and uh, in today's day and age, that works very well because the challenges our clients face, we have to think and approach differently than what we traditionally used to. Uh, and yeah, we started in 2016, fortunate to uh, to have grown the business with partners such as Garrett in the organization and excited to, to, to have a look at what the future holds for us. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. so, so uh, self, myself also had, a, had a, a career in corporate running around. Um, one of the interesting things was uh, I was involved in, in water monitoring and, and water manufacturing, oh, purification, and uh, also saw the, the opportunity that IT can bring even in, in that environment just to, to show that, that – IoT is not only for tech companies. IoT actually fits into any segment of, 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 of business and the organization. So um, uh, partnered up with you in 2020. Uh, so some good came out of 2020 as well, not only bad. So that, that was a good thing. And, um, and together we are looking at to how can we um, modernize today's businesses. And, uh, and we, we uh, put our forces together and I think – we're coming out stronger on the other on the other side, and uh, our our dream is to take corporate South Africa and even SME South Africa and show them what can be done with with tech to advance advance your organisation and your industry to be more giving more value uh, in the future to come. Anybody that made a career change in 2020 scares the living daylights out of me. I don't know. <laughs> he is one of the bravest men I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, okay, so let's jump straight into it. So, how would you describe what is IoT, Yaku? If you look at how our world has evolved in this digital economy and digital age, up until as recent as six years ago, the only thing that you could really connect to the internet would have been your laptop, a tablet, a mobile phone, or some form of information technology device. Today, there's literally nothing we cannot connect to the internet. And that has changed our world fundamentally over the last six six years. 
And I'm going to use a simple example. Today you can manage, monitor your geyser, which traditionally only was an element that heated water for you. Now you can manage that device. Where five years back, it was literally impossible to do it. So if you look at IoT and the opportunities that that created, IoT is the system of connected devices. And those devices are technology devices, sensors. You would, you would have learned and heard about sensors. And and the connectivity thereof brings interoperability and interactiveness between those elements that communicates wirelessly. So the one distinguishable characteristic of the Internet of Things is that it communicates most of the time wirelessly and more importantly without a human intervention. So that's the difference between information technology and the Internet of Things is that the human intervention has been limited. And that's what IoT is all about. So if you have an Internet of Things, you will then also have things of the Internet. And it's a very pervasive technology. Today, almost every person living in Gauteng that I know wears some sort of a smart device, whether it's a smartphone, a smart watch. And that is what IoT is all about, to connect to the Internet and transmit data. So my smart watch, as an example, transmits my health data to my healthcare provider, to my and to my um, health insurer, as an example, so they don't say, so they know without my intervention what my health status is, and that's what IoT or the Internet of Things is all about. And then, um, so so if we talk about the last six years, it's it's um, it's relatively newish. It's not it's not very mature. Um, and to me, sort of when when everybody uh, when it was a buzzword, um, I, I think it's that the hype around it has settled down a little bit. But uh, there was this concept where your fridge was going to be connected to the internet, and when your milk runs low, the doorbell rings, and poof, there's uh, your milk refill is there, and I don't know all of those kind of things. Um, what's interesting to me is, is I think businesses sort of st- struggle to to find a, a use case for it, or, or am I wrong? How, how do businesses know what to use it for? I think there was. First and foremost, I agree with you, and I'm going to use your your fridge uh, as an example. The underlying infrastructure wasn't there five years ago to actually fulfill the opportunity that IoT presented. Today it is. If you look at all retailers, and I'm not going to mention any specific ones, if you place an order online, they will deliver within a certain period of time. Five years ago that was not even considered to be a service, and today it's becoming mainstream and I think the advent of COVID has changed how we approach technology, how we approach processes, and how we approach life in general. Um, so that is a good example of infrastructure not existing to fulfill an opportunity that IoT presented, where the infrastructure now exists. So now your fridge can communicate, as an example, to that retail service provider, and within an hour you can actually expect a delivery. And all of that processes in future will be automated. Today, there's still a human manual intervention. Mm. And in the future, the technology will now allow for that process to run end-to-end. And that's the difference. I also think that – and I'm going to give Garrod an opportunity to also contribute to this. There, people didn't know how to scope the use case, the business case for, in, for the Internet of Things within their operational and business environments. And with the use cases in the last five years, there are many, many multiple hundreds of examples, thousands of examples of how people use the Internet of Things or the capability that IoT provides organizations to become more streamlined and more effective and operationally more efficient in delivering the future. 
Garrett, Garrett. maybe yeah. maybe yeah. you can talk about also what that underlying infrastructure is that he was talking about. What, what do you need in order for um, an IoT offering to to work properly? Yeah, I, I just first want to connect with or just link up with what you said, and I think um, 2020 in that sense also had a, had a good um, adoption rate. So many people was afraid of of technology. So the the, the biggest thing was that how do I use this? Um, I, I'm not skilled in this. Many of the of, of people say I, I don't do online shopping, all those kind of things. And I think um, th- since 2020, in the last three years, the um, adoption rate of technology has certainly increased. And I think that that now opens the door for IoT quite significantly um, because IoT can now start bringing value even to individuals who in, in the past was afraid or or uh, reluctant in using these kind of technologies. Uh, mostly, mostly what. IoT is used for in, in commercial industrial space is for your, for remote monitoring, remote, remote maintenance, uh, predictive maintenance, all those kind of things. Now, as, as you mentioned, most of these technologies, most of these, uh, interfaces are run on a wireless, uh, on a wireless space. So I think, um, with, with, uh, there's plenty of infrastructure that was laid out in the last couple of years. Some of them are struggling now. Some of them are not, but you get your big players like your LoRa. Um, and you get sick fox and those kind of guys. So that's, that's a technology. That's a, a, a wireless communication layer that's been created that can now be used by, by IoT um, devices to start sending all of this information of oh, data. Actually, IoT just generates data that, that can then later be interpreted into information. Uh, but now that layer of communication has been laid down. It's like putting down a highway between Joburg and Pretoria. And now people start using that. And I think the the adoption rate of the highway was very low in the in the in initial phases, and I think that led to a, a huge amount of challenges for the for the highway to keep on existing. And now with this uh, enhanced uh, adoption rate, I think that highway will now start becoming profitable, and you will get more and more devices that actually start coming onto this. And I think people are starting to realize the value that you can get from IoT. Um, many, uh, like you mentioned, his, his, uh, wristband and health data. Many of us nowadays have to give permission so that your doctor can monitor your health, whatever those kind of things. And I think people are starting to see the value that the IoT brings to their life. Um, it gives them value. It, it gives them a certain sense of predictability, uh, preventative maintenance on, on warehouses and those kind of things. And uh, everybody nowadays are looking towards where can I save? And IoT always presents you the opportunity for optimization. So you now have the opportunity to automate, to optimize, to bring th- certain things um, cost down. And I think that's where we are all at. Um, with the economy state as it is today, electricity rates as it is today, all of us wants to know, okay, so where can I save? What can I save? And and IoT gives you the capability of monitoring data, gathering data so that you can make informed decisions on where is your best place to put your efforts, your money, and your saving opportunities so that you can maximize in all those spaces. And IoT brings all of this together. So now you have a now you have a a, a network of devices that can give you information so that you can make informed decisions. So, so can we can we talk around what those components are? You spoke about sensors. You spoke about the network. So, so what are the elements that you need in order to to have a, a IoT offering to a business? So, first and foremost, let's think about technology supporting your organisation. So, first and foremost, 
IoT becomes an enabler of your strategy. If you have a strategy around operational efficiency, you want to manage pilferage, shrinkage, loss. An IoT solution will compromise of particularly a sensor that gives you input real-time data of what happens in an environment. So that sensor could be a physical sensor like a heat sensor, a movement sensor. That sensor can be a camera, as an example, a non-intelligent camera that can give you video image. You have to extract the data from that sensor. So you need some sort of a network, and there are various networks available in South Africa. It's not like Laura, uh, Garrett is talking about LoRa or Sigfox or something yeah, Or like a machine-to-machine yeah. network that's, op- that's offered by your mobile operators. Any network that can actually take that small packet of information uh, and transmit that into, into a, some sort of a gateway. You need technology that can interpret what that sensor information is all about. So you need a language interpretation of what that sensor, what the information is that sensor is sending through. Uh, and that's usually done in some sort of a software solution. And then you have technology that can interpret what that, what that sensor information is. And nowadays we talk about artificial intelligence that can actually look for insights into data because data is only data. It doesn't relate information. You have to have policies and procedures that actually supports the technology and supports the processes and how you engage the technology. So uh, very, very often we see organizations that's got a strategy, they deploy technology, but they don't have the Actors, the role players, the people that's going to interact and interface with this technology well enough educated. They don't have the policies and procedures to engage the technology. So part and parcel of what we do in such a solutioning process is to make sure that your integration happens at the right points within your organization, that when people engage the new technology that they are familiar and well educated, and that you have policies and procedures that actually governs how the solution works. So it's not just around the elements of a solution, the architecture of a solution. It's also around your business processes, your people element of that, as well as your procedural elements that, that harnesses what a full Internet of Things solution will look like. Um, so, and can, can we maybe do, do a sort of like a real-life example of, of a customer, I mean, you can, you can name names or not name names. It's up to you. Um, but, but maybe that sort of, there was some, some form of a, I assume it starts with a business problem. And then, I mean, nobody yeah. wakes up this morning and say, oh, I think I need two million sensors and that's going to fix yeah. all of my problems. I think this example of the belt. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a number of examples. And there's two in particular that I would like to ring fence for this conversation. I'm going to let Garrett lead with one of our manufacturing companies and partners. That, that had a particular problem and how we used technology to solve that problem. Uh, and that technology was the first in the world from a South African perspective. And we're excited mm-hmm. to actually break some of that news with you today. Yeah, oh, so okay. it was a, it's a large manufacturing plant and they, they have a, a steel belt, which is a core component within their manufacturing process. And uh, it, it happened that there was a small tear in the, in the, in the stainless steel belt and it wasn't picked up, and as soon as that thing is not being picked up, it goes around a certain number of routines, it starts tearing. Um, now, that I think the belt was like 12. 14, 14, 12 or 14 million bucks to replace the belt. Um, so that, that, that cost them an extreme lot of money. They replaced it. 
couple of, I can't remember, but it was a significant time later. It cracked again. Luckily, somebody was walking by, saw the crack, so they stopped the whole process. And they had to actually get a guy in from Germany to come and do the welding on that belt because it's a very specific welding and very um, detailed welding. And, and But the point is they were able to repair the belt and they could reuse it and continue and it saved them a huge amount of money. <clears throat> so our solution then what we had to them from an IoT perspective was that we were able to install high-res, high-speed um, cameras on, on, on the belt on monitoring points, specific monitoring points. So we now know what the crack starts looking like. When it starts getting out, what does it look like? So we were able to take the image, which is in this case the sensor, a camera, take the images that we had, relay it back through a communication network into a, uh analyzing device, and that's where the AI comes in. So AI comes in. The AI um, we're taught, and we, you teach AI. AI is not intelligent by itself. AI is like a kid. You still have to teach it what to look for. And we taught the AI to look for cracks on this specific belt and say, if you see something that looks something like this or a similar form, then you must report an alarm. So so what we were able to do is we installed the uh, IoT on, onto this system, having communication system at the back end, having information and data that was gathered from previous in instances, recorded that and built an intelligent model on top of that. So the operators now have the capability so to monitor that, that belt 24 by 7. They don't have to have somebody standing there watching, do I see cracks? And well, that was not part of my, my question I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you is, is pre all of this technology, uh, was it, did they then have a human being, a person standing there trying to look for it, or did it just break every now and again? And it just broke and every 14, now and again. Fourteen million bucks, exactly. Uh, every now and again, exactly. So, so, and 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 the point is, the belt's moving at such a speed, moves at very speed. So, if it's moving at high speed, the human eye can't detect it, okay. whereas the AI can. So, and so that's literally just an accident waiting to happen, or, or a break breakdown waiting to happen. Exactly. So, well, the point is they have maintenance schedules, you know. So, okay. on a maintenance schedules, they do they do check this, but it does happen that um, stuff don't wait for a maintenance schedule to break. Hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. It's got that. a time of its own. So, so that was that was a. a a deployment which which was very nice where we could help the customer prevent failures and if failures are detected um, prevent massive failures so it can detect a small small breakage they can stop it in time and the repair cost is way less than replacement and uh, and that was that was one of the real life examples where we could really add value through AI and um, IoT to our customers. And I, and I think for me, that's, um, I, I want to hear the other example. I love hearing stuff like this. But, I mean, to me, I think that's the the critical thing um, is that you you can collect data from all of these multiple sources. But mm. it's, uh, the, the, the kicker is, and I think part of what took the time for the technology to mature, is it all depends on, on what you uh, what it looks like. In a browser or in a in a in a report of some sort or whatever, it's, it's how you present that data, which I think has been the historically been the, uh, difficult for people to understand. What is this going to do for my business? Absolutely correct. So now that you have insights into that data that you actually put into information lakes, so you can now augment your models that you can make real time accurate decisions based on environmental conditions, feedback that you get real time from from these IoT or Internet of Things devices out in the market and out in the field that you've deployed. 
when we started our organization, we were very fortunate to to land a a a, a consultative led IoT project for a very large mine constitution in South Africa. And the conversation started with the mine reaching out to us, asking and inquiring about a technology called RFID, which is part of the IoT ecosystem. So an RFID solution is a passive solution, whilst sensors would be more active. In other words, they are operated with batteries and they can give you more in-depth information. And we engaged the, the, the client with our methodology, and we've got a very specific IoT or engagement methodology called a RAD, a Requirements Analysis design and then definition. Because the problem that we found is a lot of people are trying to match your business problem to our technology stack, which is common practice in the industry. And what we've done as an organization is we we match the technology solution at the end to your business problem, but let's define your business problem so that our language are common and similar and that our understanding of of the challenge that we're trying to address are familiar between the parties. Out of this engagement, we identified four use cases. The first use case was the mine's perimeter was about 84 kilometers long that they had to monitor. Now, due to budget constraints, they only had two patrol vehicles. And one of the IoT solutions that we could deploy was what we refer to as acoustic distributed sensing, where you put fiber, which is your your communication technology, into the ground But we teach that fiber to pick up sound and to learn from the sound. And we taught that AI what it sounds like when you cut a wire as opposed to a antelope walking next to the fence. Because if there was other periphery or other sensors on that fence, you would respond to the vibration of the fence and you would have a lot of false alarms. And this technology, we could teach the footfall of a human as opposed to the footfall of an antelope, as opposed to the footfall of a flakvark, a warthog. And what that did for the organization is they could respond to incidents more decisively and with the right response pattern. Because if you had one human breaching your perimeter, you could send one guard, one patrol vehicle. But if you had 10 people breach your perimeter. Your response needed to be informed. It doesn't help you sending one person to go and contain the situation. So that was one use case that worked particularly well in this instance. The fact that they had 25 access gates on this perimeter of which only half were manned could also enable them to know when there was traffic, unauthorized traffic entering and exiting the mine, particular areas within the mine. The other use case we had, and this would appeal to a lot of your listeners, was high-value asset movement and unauthorized movements of high-value assets. So I'm going to use an example. You've got a 75-inch TV in your TV room at home, and we can geofence, which is a geofence is a, is a, is a, a, a digital barrier or a digital fence that we can create. And whilst your television or your High-value asset is within the confinements and within the borders of that geofence. You don't need to be alerted to anything. But as soon as it moves out of that fence, you would want to know about that. And that's what we did for a mine. So high-value assets we can put in a geofence or a geolocation, which is a digital location with digital boundaries. And as soon as that asset moved outside of that boundary, we could alert the necessary authority within the client on the movement and track and trace that movement real time. So you could now also 
intercept where this asset was moving towards. And that's the type of technology that we built. Now take that and start to put that into a logistical environment where a company has a horse and trailer and they want to marry the two because some of the incidents we have with logistical companies is that they will actually detach one of your horse and trailer elements and steal it. So now there's a detachment and your driver's not aware of it. Now we can track and trace it based on a geofence of proximity, and that's the type of thing that we can use in technology. We also taught the AI to look for simple things like open doors in okay. in the yeah. main stockroom yeah. because ah. people would gain access on a back door which was left open purposefully whilst the, st- the, the, the store manager would be somewhere else. They would actually go and take – unauthorizedly, they will go and, and take – stock out of a storeroom. And we taught the camera to identify a simple thing like an open door, closed door policy. And the door was opened, we would alert the security to go and close the door. So the barriers to opportunity for for committing a crime, we started to manage for this mine. We could also manage things like simple things, and we hear about this all the time, cable theft. By putting a sensor with that cable, a vibration sensor, and as soon as somebody starts to dig to get to that cable, we can notify the necessary authorities that's, that there's unauthorized activities happening. And we could dispatch and prevent the incident rather than have a post-incident investigation to understand why the event occurred. And that's what the technology is enabling us, is to become more insightful and to have much quicker responses to environmental conditions, which we traditionally couldn't have. I, I love that. Um, and, I mean, we, we have this conversation often with customers. And, and as humans, sometimes we, we do things which doesn't always make sense. Like, for example, if you take just normal CCTV at a, at a business, mm-hmm. um, which is it's, it's, a, it's one of those I will, I will make your problem fit into the, into the brand that I'm trying to sell yeah. to you. Um, but then, and then everybody's got CCTV and we, we buy it based on price or whatever. And then what does it do? It, it records and, and then maybe tomorrow when I walk in and I was burgled, I've got footage of it, but it didn't prevent anything and it doesn't, exactly. it, 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 I can see sort of who it was, but it doesn't, doesn't stop the problem. Um, and then one of the other things that we, um, that, that I often talk a lot is, is as, as in business, when there's a problem, we tend to, the easiest thing to do is, is to throw people at the problem. Mm. So, but like you say, if it's repetitive or 24 seven, people become a problem. It's, it's very, very difficult to, to, so, so I, yeah, it's, it's fascinating what you're talking about. I think, I think what, what the Internet of Things and the technology that it supports brings to us as business owners, as people that's driving more efficiency, more optimization uh, in our day to day activities is an opportunity to be connected to the reality, to have insights, and to reduce friction. Whenever there's friction in your organization, the technology lends itself to reduction thereof. Our estate, interestingly enough, speaking of CCT uh, camera technology, just deployed facial recognition at the entrance gate. And the entrance gate to our estate is where most incidents would occur of potential thefts because you have to stand take out your tag, now touch, you know, attach the, the tag system and then drive in. And there was friction in that process. In our estate, there's facial recognition. So I don't need to find my tag that fell under my chair and now spend you know, unnecessary time. I look at the camera and the gate opens and, I'm, and I gain access. 
Speaking of the example that, that you have, the AI, artificial intelligence nowadays is so advanced that you can actually predict human behavior on your CCTV system. Because if somebody passes your gate, somebody's running past the gate or just walking on the pavement past your gate, no necessary to, not necessary to record an incident, but if somebody is loitering in front of your gate, Technology has advanced so much that you can detect that the activity is loitering and now you want to send an alarm. And interestingly enough, on this technology, one of the things we did for this particular mine as well is we, we, we provided them with what we call black screen technology. I don't know if you've ever been in a security control room where there's a hundred cameras feeding onto a single monitor. It's impossible to follow what's happening on a hundred cameras. So what we've done is we said, let's use a black screen technology and only when it's a registered incident will the image now be projected onto the screen. And if it's, if there's any video feed that now comes to the screen in this example, you have to look at it because there's an incident taking place or about to take place. And that's a beautiful example of making sense out of the data that you receive. Yes. It's exactly other than just that. continuous video yeah. feed. Um, so, okay, now comes the difficult questions. Um, is, is this IoT technology, is it only for specific, is it, is it only for big business? Is it only for specific sectors? Or would you say that there's a general application across the, can, can, I, a, can I, a team I, man business uh, <coughs> utilize IoT as a? I, I think I kind of alluded to that when I, when, when we started, I come from, from a, firstly it was the telecoms industry and then a water industry. Um, Theo comes from IT industry. Uh, IoT is actually relevant in any industry for any organization of any size. So obviously, the bigger the organization, the bigger the budget, the more you can do. Um, in my, in my tel- telecom days, there was a guy that always said, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And yeah. IoT now gives, gives us the capability to measure almost anything. And as soon as we can start measuring it, we can put value to it and we can start managing it. And that can be done in a, in a small business, uh, irrespective of what you're doing. I mean, even a guy that does lawnmower service or gardening services that, that runs out and do, uh, people's gardens, you know, these gardening services, even him can use it. Putting a sensor onto his lawnmowers. He can see what the vibration of that thing is, what's normal, what's outside of normal. Now I know that it's in the maintenance window. He can manage the trailer that that he hooks onto his H100 bucky and pull it around. And he can say, if ever that trailer is detached from the from the from the bucky, I want to know because now he's using that for private purposes instead of for business purposes. So the application of of, of IoT is actually universal, and you can use it on anything. You just have to have the imagination to see what is the problem I need to solve mm. and then apply the correct form of IoT to solve that problem. And, and that's such a, it's such a beautiful example that for me because if you take that, that business as an example, if that lawnmower breaks when they're halfway through the cycle in a, in a long weekend holiday or, or week like yeah, this, yeah. I mean, what does it, what does it cost him? Uh, stop in the middle of the day, get a lawnmower re- repaired. Now you're either going to have customers that want All the shops uh, credits because they, they, you didn't mow the lawn when they wanted mm. it or you, or you have to work or you have to bring in extra people. There's a cost to, to every single business problem that exactly. is. 
Um, it's such a beautiful example for me. And, and I mean, I think that comes back to the fact that you then have to circle right. What is the, how, how, do I understand how much a, a, that business problem actually, actually costs me? And like you say, it can be. So as a side note, um, where I live in, in Midrand, um, uh, last week, one of the, or two weeks ago, one of the, the grocery stores were closed because they, somebody, uh, they were supposed to fill up the, uh, choose nannies. They were supposed to fill up the generator with diesel and they, and they poured water in it. Oh and then God. obviously what the generator didn't start and literally all of the stock in the, in the store went bad. So they had to restock. So it's not only that Your. stock that you, that you lose. The next day when I now got there, I couldn't go shop there because they were busy restocking. They couldn't, they, they yeah, couldn't yeah. service. And I mean, I, I was actually saying to my wife, you, you think in this day and age that, um, you, you know, they, they'd be t- specifically with mm. such a longstanding problem. You think that there's a problem, but uh, there's a, a, a solution to yeah, that. Yeah. But it happens. So, I mean, so, it's actually, it's scary. It, mm. So, so imagine. You're a facilities capability. You own hundreds of buildings that you need to top up with these generators. And that's one of our latest and greatest products that we take to market is how to manage the environmental conditions of that generator. But not just that. To manage fuel level, a simple thing like fuel level. No, I, I think this oh. is what happened. I and think the, the fuel ran out at 12 o'clock at night oh. and then nobody went and checked in. And it's exactly what happened. In, and, yeah. and it's not necessarily good for a generator to be starting up all the time because it, yes. it carries that base load. So one of the, one of our most recent solutions that we deployed into market yeah. is generator monitoring and management. So it's the environmentals, the oil, especially if you have bigger generators, there's oil cooling and all sorts of things around the environmentals you want to monitor. But most importantly is the fuel level. And as soon as this reaches a certain level, you want to automatically dispense the person or the company that you contact to come and fill it up. And when they fill it up, they need to fill it up with 200 liters, not 95.6, because that's beverage. So now you have more control around the environment and you can automate that process where, as you just mentioned, and rightfully so, that people run out of diesel and now they have to dispatch somebody on on an on an urgency basis. So your costs are are inflated yeah. because somebody now needs to come out at an at an after hour rate example. And I want I want to use a simple another example uh, around a potential where you use IoT to solve internal business problems, but also how do I use IoT to create new products and solutions? Think about the electrician or the plumber who installed your solar solution. At a stage in winter, you'll observe that your panels don't produce as much energy as it does in summer times. And I discovered that it's because of dust buildup. There's dust that builds up on your solar panel. And Mm. I didn't realize that until I had to get onto my own roof to go and find out what the problem was. What if the guy that installed my solar could see on the inverter that there's a drop in the efficiency of my panels and offer me a service, and I hope I'm giving somebody some ideas in your listener base, to proactively engage me to say, Theo, we notice that it's considerable, that your, your, your generation capability is considerably down. Can we come and clean your panels? And I would be willing to pay for that as service. And what you now can do is, start to get data from similar projects in my region and dispatch the same support team 
wants to fulfill many opportunities in a region. And now he can start to bring in intelligence into such a solution. And that outfit, that electrician or that plumber that did this can be as small as one person. And, and, then, yeah, and what, what you've done is you've thought laterally around reducing friction. And I use that as an example because that is something in real okay, life that, yeah. that, that I thought there's an opportunity for somebody out there to proactively monitor this. And as soon as there's a droppage, and my drop in, in my efficiency was considerable, I lost 80% efficiency because of dust buildup on my solar panels. And I, as a solar user, I was not aware that that's the problem. But people that plays in the space can pick up on the opportunity to say, Theo, I noticed this. We're going to dispatch somebody tomorrow to come and clean your panels and your neighbor and the neighbor on the other side as well. And just think about the impact on, on your business because what happens now is if the efficiency uh, drops, then he, now you get support calls and say, oh, but the solution you sold me is not working correctly. Exactly. So you have to leave your main uh, sort of install function to go and do that. I mean, well, it's just dust and you could have had – a junior running around doing that exactly. and actually making the customer happy in a pro go like, geez, mm. like this is, this is really great mm. service. So look at the process change where somebody would have phoned you with a problem that's not necessarily a system problem. It was actually an environmental problem. You can now engage before the problem becomes noticeable and proactively build solutions and services to address that opportunity. So all of a sudden, this is, and this is the opportunity that technology is creating today is that from a reactive base, you can become very proactive. Proactive in machine monitoring, in environmental monitoring, and using the data that you obtain from that to predict when the next potential issue might occur in your environment. And in the example that Garrett used this, before you incur a 12 million rand problem, rather settle for the 200,000 rand maintenance work you had to do and save on that. And those are the opportunities that this IoT or this Internet of Things is starting to unlock. But there's a fundamental change in how you approach your own business, internally and externally. And that's what we facilitate. That's what we, that's what, when I I opened up the conversation, I said we want to be an entrepreneurial front end because you've got to think outside of the box when you start to address some of these challenges whilst you maintain your corporatized back end to make sure that what you propose from a from a from a solution point of view, works to the way that you've proposed it to work. Okay, so that actually leads into my second last question. Um, so, w- what are the typical hurdles for this technology uptake? Um, they, they, there's typically there's three. There are three um, things that that stop or is stops IoT from coming mainstream. IoT is not like um, most of your telecoms and those kind of things, which are standardized. So many of the of the interfaces and stuff, there's an interoperability issue. So you you don't always find that every IoT is compatible with all other IoT. So that that's the one thing, and I think that that standardization is starting to take place, um, and more and more of these things are moving towards a certain standard. So I do think that 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 becomes less of a problem. So I think adoption might might be quicker in the next couple of years. So that's the one 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 side of it. Uh, the other side is also it, it poses a certain uh, security risk. So security is always an issue. Um, Cybersecurity is always an issue. And with the devices, there's, there's always that famous um, saying where, where they hacked into the kettle 
to get into the guy's Wi-Fi and <laughs> hacked his bank, you know. So, so it always, always <laughs> IoT is still always these, washing machine or something correct, like that. Correct. Yeah. There's, there's always still this um, perception that IoT leaves vulnerability in your in your security space. That, however, is being addressed, and 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 it becomes more and more secure as we go along. Um, and then third thing, I think, which is probably a people thing, and that's um, knowledge. People don't really know about IoT. They they don't invest resources, human resources into understanding the IoT and how it can be used for all of their um, applications within the organization. And I think that's probably the last one um, that that stops uh, mass adoption. I think as soon as people start thinking differently, as soon as people start thinking more creative, creatively, uh, the adoption will definitely speed up. So that, that's basically the, the three main things that's keeping IoT. I'm glad up. you didn't mention cost because it sounds like very expensive. No, it, it, and, and I, actually that that's the thing. IoT doesn't need to be expensive um, because in many cases, IoT solves a problem. In solving a problem, in it, it inherently saves you money. So, in most of our IoT deployments, the solution actually pays for itself okay. through savings. If you have a well-defined business case, every business case out there comes with a return on investment expectation. And that's the justification around your investment when you've identified proper, well-defined business cases uh, and use cases. And I think our market and this other African methodologies and how we approach problems lend itself towards innovation, new thinking, mm, new ideas. We're a creative so. nation. When I drive in the Europe and I approach a stop street, I approach the stop street to do one thing, to look left, to look right, to look left, and then to proceed, if it's safe to proceed. In South Africa, when I approach a stop street, I look left, I look right, I buy my favorite sports team's rugby shirt, <laughs> I can buy biscuits, Cold drinks and anything else, then look left again and then decide to proceed. <laughs> we are an ingenious nation and there are phenomenal companies in South Africa that clients can approach around the topic of the Internet of Things and engage those companies around their experience, what they've seen from other customers and what they've learned from other customers. Okay, and then so, to apply that. So, so that leads now specifically into my, into my closing question. If I now listen to this, uh, and we, we always like to make it sort of real here, how do I know if I, if I can use IT in my business? Yaku, if you have friction, being a business owner myself, I know exactly where the pain points in my company is. And I would imagine it's the same for any other business person, whether you run a small entity, whether you run a medium-sized enterprise or a large enterprise. You know where the friction in your organization is. That friction could be internalized or it could be external. I don't know how to take new products to market. That's got a smart enablement to the product. Elon Musk is a fantastic example in his driverless vehicle, his Tesla driverless vehicle. Who would have thought 20 years back that you will have an automotive vehicle that can drive itself? So the friction was the driver and how to autonomously address that. In your organization, to answer the question, in your organization, if you have friction that your processes, your people, or your procedures can't address, there's a good possibility that technology could bring out what those situations are, and we can address it with technology. And you can define that solutioning then through a 
use case and a, and a process. We call our process a requirement analysis, design and definition. And there would be very, you know, other terminologies in the market. But reach out to companies that specialize in this area and have the first engagement and let them come and assess themselves what they can see from an external point of view into your organization. And if it then merits a deeper and further engagement, then at least you know that this warrants a deeper and further engagement. My closing statement on this is everybody will use an IoT solution of some sort, whether you are doing it at home to automate opening up of your curtains when you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and switching on your kettle at 10 past 6 so that your coffee could be ready at 15 minutes past, or whether you're a conglomerate, a big organization that's looking to optimize internally and to productize externally, everybody will use IoT. We only have to look at the growth of this, this thing called IoT. In 2019, the global market was estimated at about 250 billion U.S. dollars. That very same market, the addressable market, in 2027 is estimated at 1.8 trillion U.S. dollars, which gives you a 24.7 compounded annual growth rate. So the adoption is accelerated. It's proliferating within our into our personal domains. Think about mm. your camera system that's now intelligent, your intelligent TV, your intelligent dishwasher, your intelligent fridge, freezer, and that – same methodology and that same principle we're starting to see in businesses, whether you're a small plumber, as the example I use for, and I hope there's some plumbers and electricians that take note of this because I think you're missing a great opportunity. There's an opportunity to proactively sell services, and we've got many, many examples of what one can do in a small enterprise, medium enterprise, to embrace this thing called the Internet of Things. It's always interesting. Every single conversation comes back to the fact that as a uh, the, the difficult portion out of all of this, as a business, you have to understand what your problems are. The and, and technology and, can't magically and, just no. It won't show out your problems. It will help you solve them. And I think uh, IoT is evolving. It used to be only monitoring. It's now also managing, and it's also um, maintaining. So I think the what, what we can now control. So IoT also now allows control. So now you have monitoring and control. And monitoring and control will always bring a better return on investment than just monitoring. So. This is this is where we're moving, and I think IoT will be will be here to stay, and it and it's definitely evolving. Hugh Gerard, thank you very much. This was a very interesting conversation, and it feels like we can do another three hours on this. Yaku, thank easily. you for the opportunity, and we will easily do three hours, and we can then bring more <laughs> use cases. And I want to say, if anybody is interested, reach out, reach out to Yaku uh, with regards to an opportunity to engage. Uh, we love these conversations, and uh, and we'll happily oblige. Coming to see you and see how we could potentially solve some of your challenges. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Yaki. Thank you, Sims. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can also listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with uh, communications tools in your business, please visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com